0: Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, the 7th day of August, 2020. That means that this week I just passed my 10th anniversary of doing the Castle Report. Ten years, more than 800 reports later, I'm still doing them each week. This week, the Castle family, doing fine. No positive tests for the virus in this family. In fact, no tests for the virus A family daughter remains on her small island, stuck there. She's pretty good now at opening coconuts with a machete. Here in the USA, I'm now headed toward my 72nd birthday, which will occur in October. About two and a half months from now, I mention my age only for the purpose of emphasizing how precious each moment of this life really is. This is one of the summers I've been allotted by God to have in my life. It's been lost, taken from me by the virus, by the response to the virus, and by the summer of madness, created for the most part by politicians and their cohorts. Reality, however, is not always what I would like it to be, but in any case, I must deal with it as it is, not as I would like it to be. The summer of love, as Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin described, it looks a lot like the summer of murder and mayhem to me. Murder rate in America's cities has skyrocketed since Democrat mayors declared the Summer of Love and set about abolishing or defunding their police departments. It all makes me nostalgic for the good old days, folks. the good old days of March and April when all we had to worry about was dying from the virus. Defund the police movement apparently doesn't sit too well with the average American, but murderers, carjackers, and street thugs seem quite enamored with it. Politicians who lead movements to defund or abolish the police apparently know nothing of human nature. They seem to have trouble understanding that without police, we're nothing but a locked and loaded mob fighting for survival in our cities. In Chicago, Mayor Lori Lightfoot again blamed the increased murder rate on guns from non gun law states. As if the street thugs and lack of law enforcement have nothing to do with it. I don't want to hammer Chicago too badly this week, folks. I know I do it every week, but it's so easy. So easy to hammer a city that has 107 murders in a single month as Chicago did last month. The mayor just shrugs and says, well, it's not my fault. It's all those guns. All those guns coming in from somewhere else. It's more than murder, though, Mayor. More than murder, it's carjacking, street robberies, armed assaults all soaring in your city. New York City just cut $1 billion from the police budget thanks to Mayor Bill de Blasio. For June, gun violence was up 130%. The number of shootings rose in every borough. The number of people murdered rose by 30%. Citywide burglaries up 118%. Auto thefts up 51%, so all types of criminals are in on the defund movement. They are liking it. I wonder if the victims of de Blasio's defund movement will get any of the billion dollars he cut from the police budget. Probably not, folks. I doubt it. In the once great progressive city of Minneapolis, we find ground zero of the defund movement. City Council just voted 12 to nothing to completely abolish the police force. Minneapolis crime numbers are climbing to get into the New York and Chicago area, to get into their status, homicides, street robberies, assaults, carjackings, all soaring in numbers. Only 15% of Americans' polled said they favor defunding the police, but unfortunately, those people don't run any of our Democrat cities. Who cares what taxpaying citizens want when you have a woke army in charge? in the 3rd Precinct of Minneapolis where most of the violence occurred. More than 100 robberies and 20 carjackings were reported to the police in the last month and the police spokesman had a very helpful suggestion for the residents of the city of Minneapolis. He said, prepare to be robbed, prepare to be carjacked, he said, prepare to lose your cell phone and your purse so don't carry very much money. That's the Minneapolis way, I guess. That's the progressive way, I guess. Here in the South, the advice would probably have been different. That's my guess. I can imagine the sheriff here in the South advising his citizens to arm yourselves, folks, prepare to defend your lives. Here in the South, we try not to look at each other as sheep to be sheared, But as fellow residents who have a right and a duty to defend ourselves and our families, most large Democrat cities have followed the lead of Minneapolis, given themselves over completely to the mob. To appeal to the new woke mob, the Democrats must keep going further and further to the left. When you think it can't get any worse, any more insane, you're wrong. It always does, always will, until we the people finally decide It's reached bottom, and that's enough. Minneapolis, then, has given itself completely to the mob, led by pressure from radical leftists, communist revolutionaries, criminals, Hollywood celebrities, much of the media. Demands of the mob give city governments a way to explain the deteriorating conditions in their cities, such as rising crime, plummeting education results, deteriorating infrastructure, None of it's their fault. It's not their fault, folks. Those things which are primarily indicative of large Democrat-run cities can all be explained by blaming their failure on white supremacy, on racial injustice, or some other such woke mob nonsense that might get them through just one more election. Governments do their residents no favor by such attitudes if they would just be honest with people. They could tell them the truth, And that is that it will take proactive police work, which will occasionally make mistakes. In order to reverse this spiral, the residents of our cities will have to start voting for full-grown adults to exercise governmental authority. That means people with the courage to do what it takes to protect their residents. Isn't that what some of the extremely high property taxes many of us pay are supposed to be for? What kind of government takes the fruits of people's labor as a tax on their property, property they already own and then return nothing to them except accusations of racial injustice. Why the governments of most of the once great cities of this country? Of course, are the ones who do that. The media and the elite of Hollywood are no help because they, always, they are always protected, always sheltered from the harm they cause. They're free to suggest and to demand policies that are ruinous for the average city resident but does not affect them at all. Police are now left with few options except to tell people to surrender their property. Hope the criminal doesn't kill them anyway. I wonder what will happen when the four officers who were accused of murder in the death of George Floyd are released from custody, as they eventually probably will be. Why? Because it's hard to convict someone of murder when there was no murder. The full video plus enhanced audio from the arrest have been released now. That, coupled with the medical examiner's report, make it obvious that George Floyd's death was more in the nature of accidental suicide than murder. His cause of death was apparently a drug overdose-caused heart attack, not murder at all. That may or may not matter to people around the country who are constantly programmed to believe certain things, no matter what the evidence reveals, but prosecutors have to have evidence to convict someone. It doesn't appear that evidence of murder is there in this case, folks, so we will prepare for another long, hot summer, long time in this country. When those four officers are released, the citizens of Minneapolis should prepare for the worst, prepare for mayhem in any event, because the police have given up there, they quit. Criminals now run that city, not the government, but at least the city council members have private security at taxpayer expense. The rioters, looters, burn much of the city of Minneapolis, at least a three-mile stretch of it. The Democrat governor of Minnesota, Tim Waltz, even though he did nothing to quell the riots, thinks that it would be a good idea for the rest of us, all the rest of us here in the country who pay taxes, To pay to repair what he allowed to be destroyed, he asked the federal government for disaster aid to repair the damage from looting and rioting. But President Trump, to his credit, said, no, Governor, you bought it, you pay for it. The federal government has its own set of troubles right now, trying to deal with the economic fallout from the virus lockdown, the resulting economic destruction of it in the second quarter of this year. The economy contracted by about one-third, the largest amount in one quarter in history. One in three-month period, the United States produced one-third less than before. It's staggering, folks. A staggering amount, it won't be sustainable for very long at that level. Mr. Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla and SpaceX, put it pretty well when he said, when no one is making stuff, there's no stuff. That's well said because GDP is what the country produces, the gross domestic product of the country, everything that it produces for sale in each measured time period. When not enough stuff is produced, the government tries to replace the stuff with government spending. So the people in charge of the government believe that they have no choice but to give away money they don't have. They, don't have. they give away money they don't have to people. They put out of work with their lockdown policies. It seems like quite a miraculous system, this transfer program, because although money is constantly being transferred, no one seems to miss it. There was a time before the gold standard was lifted in 1971 that Americans earned at least 90% of what they received. But by 2019, one-third of what they received was transferred to them by the government in some fashion. When a person works and makes stuff, we have stuff to buy, stuff to sell, but a transfer from the government is just dead, non-productive money. All this transferring of money takes away from saving in favor of borrowing. A reliance on credit has changed the just-in-case savings to just-in-case borrowing so that we rely on government transfers, non money, to fund our steadily accumulating debt load can't or don't want to pay your mortgage or rent this month, don't worry about it. The government won't let them foreclose or evict you, lost your job. Don't worry about that either. If the government will just transfer more to you than you earn by working. Now back to our cities for just a moment, folks. It seems they're being run by deranged groups of radicals unrestrained by anyone, including politicians, even encouraged by the politicians. And by the media, the police forces can no longer be relied on since they are demoralized, passive. So our choice is to gun up, get ready for the chaos that's coming in the cities. Quite on cue, more than 1,000 guns were stolen from gun shops around the country in one July week, just one week. In the best of circumstances, the police are just janitors call to clean up the mess and act as a partial deterrent. They are there to protect criminals from us, to ensure that the criminals receive due process rather than what they deserve. If not for the police, we would have to confront violent criminals on our own, take responsibility for our own lives. The people causing these defund movements and demoralizing those who go out each day to risk their lives To maintain order are so often not those at the mercy of violent criminals. They remain safe behind their walls, behind their private security forces. Finally, folks, is this really the kind of society we want to live in? All my life, certain people, usually politicians, have been working night and day, constantly, to make peace of mind for the people under their boot heel impossible. Maybe we could get along without those folks. At least that's the way I see it. Until next time, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.